Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to ignite the growth of your agency. Well, we've got to get a lot of information and experiential kind of emotion across on a phone call. We're given opportunities to do that. It's really important to have those conversations. And we've said to you that I'd rather you were on the phone and the other phones were ringing and you just carried on chatting. That's more important to me because the relationship that you're building there and then is like gold dust. If you are feeling frustrated, the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to spend a day with us at AJHQ for a no-holds-barred peek behind the scenes of our agency, Ashdown Jones. All you need to do is go to ajmastermind.co.uk forward slash BTS day. Best of all, it's free. Here are your hosts, Sam and Phil. Today's episode is without Phil. Have a guess why. No, you couldn't possibly guess. Yes, he's on holiday. He's due back on the 12th of June. We're recording this on, I can't remember, a few days before. And I don't even know what date it is. And he's been away, it feels like for the entirety of this year. And while he's been away, we've had a new starter lady called Amelia, who is actually somebody that we've known for quite a long time, because you're a friend of Molly's, Phil's wife, aren't you? Mm-hmm, I am indeed. And you went to school with her, didn't you? Mm, I did, yes. Now, Amelia's come from a completely different background from a state agency, as has everybody. All of our 16 staff have come from a background that is nothing to do with a state agency, and that is definitely deliberate. And the reason for it is because we don't want to have to unteach what we would perceive as bad habits. You might not perceive as bad habits, and that's absolutely fine, but we want our new starters to have a complete sort of new initiation into a state agency, including language is what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So Amelia has come from, well, what was your last job, Amelia? I was a, an emergency response police officer based in the lakes. Which is pretty different, actually, from everything else we've had. Yeah, completely different. So Liam was something to do with cricket. I can't remember what. Golf, sorry. There you go. <laughs> Edward ran a hotel. Hannah was manager of Pizza Express. So everybody's done something completely different. Mm. And so to have somebody from the police is, it's not unusual in the fact it's very diverse, but we've not had anybody from the police before. And what I have noticed is that you have a very specific way of speaking because you've had to be very assertive and definite in your speech. And when we are talking to Ashdown Jones clients, sometimes we've got to be a bit softer, (laughs) but sometimes your assertiveness really helps as well. So we've had a lot of conversations about language and this is part of the wider picture of your induction and training together with two other ladies that are starting next week. And so this is going to be ongoing and we certainly haven't picked on you because every single person in this building, including Liam, has had the Sam treatment in terms of what language to say and what not to say. And my family have had it forever. So there you go. So what I want from you really is your initial impressions, first of all, of the job, you know, what has surprised you? Because you said this morning you're really enjoying it and some things you enjoy more than you thought you would. Mm. And what has been the most challenging? Because we have chucked you in at the deep end. Mm, I have been. But for all the right reasons, and I think it's probably one of the best ways to learn for me and probably for a lot of people is you learn best by just doing it. You know, practice makes perfect. And that's having knowledge of things in theory, but until you do them in practice, you, you learn for yourself then. Coming into the job, like we spoke about this morning, I absolutely love it. I think... What is this, day four? I think it's six, but split between like two. So I did two days, the end of last week, Thursday, Friday, and then now we're on Wednesday, so five. 
So, yeah. So very, very new. And you've done very all new. kinds of things. Yeah, I think I've had you know, answering the phones, the emails, doing the viewings, taking evaluation bookings, forms, task sheets. Making tea, <laughs> so the lot, making, up, yeah, yeah. being in the team meeting. <laughs> so, maybe not the other ones yet. But yeah, I think just coming in and just getting stuck in and everyone's been so helpful, I think really helped me feel like I would one be a valued member of the team and two, able to do what I've been doing for the last five or six days. You've done really well. I think it is a bit sink or swim. Those people who do swim right out the gate, to mix my metaphors, are the people who generally last and do best. Not always, but generally. We have had people who either we realise or they realise in the very first few hours, if not days, that it wasn't going to work. But clearly, you just threw yourself in, you allowed yourself to be challenged, you've taken initiative, you've been great. So thank you. Well done. It wasn't supposed to be your review on a podcast. <laughs> so we'll move on. But I did want to specifically talk about language. We have a specific way of talking to clients and about them, but specifically to them, and that's buyers and sellers. And it's not particularly easy for people who have been from a completely different background to, to pick up on these things. What was the most obvious thing that, remember, we taught you right on like day one? What not to say? The phrase, no problem. (laughs) That being a double negative. (laughs) Why do you think we don't use it? I think it's because it indicates that there could be a a perceived problem somewhere, but we're saying that it's not one, (laughs) which it just doesn't really seem to make sense. No. In a proper sentence. And it is funny. It's a funny thing to say, isn't it? Mm. I mean, French to say it, don't they? Had a problem and... Spanish say it, no problemo. I probably made that up, actually. It sounds right. Yeah. I couldn't tell you when I first started to use it, but I definitely do and did on a regular basis. Uh, Everybody does. Everybody. No worries. No worries, yeah. No troubles. Yeah. (laughs) No hassles. Mm. I feel like I'm getting more and more Australian as I speak. (laughs) If you go out for a meal of any description, no matter how high a quality the restaurant, they will say, the waiting staff will say, no problem, no worries to you. Mm. They just do. It's our way of saying something that well, we're going to talk about what the alternatives are, but it's kind of like a shortcut because it seems to cover everything. If somebody says sorry to you or thank you to you, you can still use no problem. And by the way, the way it happened is back in the early, let's say, well, middle 1980s, when you were not even thought of, <laughs> perhaps your parents weren't even together then. And I was uni and neighbours came to the screen. It was probably about, I don't know, somebody's going to write in and tell me, but let's say 86. And Charlene. <laughs> And Jason, that's what they were called, wasn't it? Yeah, Kylie and Jason. Oh, so it was Charlene. I can't remember what he was called. Remember what he was called? No. Charlene and... Anyway, Liam's going to look it up, aren't you, Liam? And they said no problem. Well, everybody did in the show. It was a, an Antipodean phrase. And I decided in my wisdom a few years ago that we wouldn't use it anymore. Either I wouldn't use it and the, the company wouldn't use it. And it took Phil a little while to get his head around it. I'm not sure if he was fully on board with why we weren't using it. But for me, there's a few reasons. One is what you've said, which is, it's just an easy thing to say, isn't it? For all eventualities. And you wouldn't think it was rude because it's not rude. But two is because once you start instilling and installing standards in an organization, it seems to elevate the brand. So if I say to you, right, never say no problem. What's the alternatives that you wrote down? My pleasure, of course. You're welcome. Which sounds so much nicer. Yeah, they do. It's my pleasure. How nice does that sound compared to no problem? Yeah, 100%. And it's also nicer to say. And you feel nicer when you say it. It makes you smile, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it does. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. 
you actually can, yeah, you can enjoy saying it, can't you? Yeah. And they would enjoy hearing yeah. it. So I think that the fact that you've got that standard and you're improving somebody's experience of the brand is the good reason to use it. Mm-hmm. Did you find out, Liam? Scott, Scott and Charlene. We are going back now. She still looks good, doesn't she? <laughs> Liam is nodding. <laughs> Old enough to be your mum, Liam. Let's move on quick. Still got it. <laughs> She's exactly the same age as me. No comments, thank you. Quick one. This is your personal invite to come and join us at AJHQ up here in India. All you need to do is go to ajmastermind.co.uk slash BTS day for all the details you need. So when we think about the language somebody needs to hear, because 99% of all the communication, particularly sort of around the office, obviously, is going to be over the phone and by email. But let's talk about phone manner. And it's only when you get in front of somebody that's generally this, the buyer and not the seller that you can put this into practice in person. But we've got to get a lot of information and experiential kind of emotion across on a phone call. And so the, we're given opportunities to do that, like to say, it's my pleasure instead of saying no problem. And it helps us differentiate ourselves when we're given the opportunity. What we were talking about in the training we did yesterday was why we want somebody to feel that way and how we portray ourselves. So can you remember what we talked about, how the brand is portrayed verbally? Yes. So professional. Yeah. Positive. Friendly. That's right. Adaptable, approachable. I've got my list here. That's (laughs) very impressive. We unpacked professional a little bit. So it was confident, assertive, knowledgeable, and expert, which are all really good attributes for an estate agent, particularly. And we talked about being patient with them. And that's the manner in which you speak, not just what you say. Although I would argue that if you say, yeah, no problem, that sounds like you're rushing them. Whereas if you go, it's my pleasure, that sounds like you've got all the time in the world. Interested. We're talking about my dating. We'll move on. (laughs) Warm, friendly, and welcoming. Now we do a lot, you haven't experienced this before, but we do a lot of mystery shopping here. So once a month, we phone an agent from somewhere else in the country and we test them. And what we're looking for is those attributes. And those attributes are not normally there. It's clever. So the funny thing is that they can sound warm and welcoming and that makes up for a lack of knowledge. Because if somebody says to, to you, do you know what? I've never been to that house. Let me find out for you, Amelia. And I'm going to give you a call back. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? I don't know. Sorry. I think it's got three bedrooms. You wouldn't forgive that. No, so no, it's actually, no, it's yeah, it's the manner in which they say it, isn't it? Is there anything else you've noticed about the way we use language here that you think is different from what you've maybe been taught? Or in fact, what you said to me yesterday, which was really interesting, was that you weren't taught how to use language in the police, which I would have thought that you would. No, so not specifics. It was more a case of speaking to someone how matching that sort of their level of understanding and communication it was that rather than what specific terms to use or words to use so more like mirroring them to make sure that essentially yes they didn't give they didn't sort of try and assert their control over the situation yeah yeah we talked about filler words yesterday Mm. what's a filler word basically obviously (laughs) actually literally all the l words yeah wasn't it and then things like erm, which Phil and I both do on this podcast. I'm doing it. I know I'm doing it as I'm saying them. <laughs> We've got, luckily, a very good podcast editor that takes them all out. So it sounds like we never say those words. Phil says them a lot, doesn't he, Liam? That's not me. Things like, you know, really, sort of, ideally, basically. And then things like, at the end of the day, when all said and done. They're just fillers. They don't actually mean anything. I had a really bad habit a few years ago, and I don't know where I picked up from. I used to finish a sentence and go, do you know what I mean? But obviously, but they know what I mean. And I've just said, obviously. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, it's a rabbit hole. 
It's because worse and worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, when Bex was talking yesterday in the training, she yeah, used most of those funny. words, didn't she? Yeah. I think it gives you thinking time. So if you say, so if somebody asks you a really little question like, why do you think it should be on the market? A million when we think 1.2. The first word out of your mouth could quite easily be something like, basically, because you're giving yourself thinking time. Mm. So it's actually much, I've just said actually, it's much more, but not as a filler. It's much more assertive and confident not to use the filler words. And we were talking about, we've got two high status, let's call them, sellers at the moment. And mirroring their language means that they talk quite slowly and quite distinctly and they don't use these filler words. How do you think that manifests itself in a conversation? What's the impact to us? So the impact to us would be that they have a higher or would have take a higher status within that phone call because they're making you listen to them and you can't interject maybe whilst they're speaking, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we want to listen, but we want to remain at the same level and the same status and both have equal importance in the conversation. Yeah, because as soon as you lose status in the conversation and then you want to give advice, they're not going to listen to you. Because we had a high status guy that was selling his house with us about three years ago. And in his study was lots of ivory, loads. He had a collection of ivory. And he said, I know it's not very PC now. Yeah, tell me about it. And he bought it, a lot of it decades ago. And it was, it was antiquities. It wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think it was currently sourced ivory pieces. That doesn't make it right. And we were saying to him, look, people will have a very polarized view of this room. And we suggested that he box it all up, ready for his move. Mm. Now, if he felt like he had the upper hand because of the way he spoke to us and his assertiveness and he staying in control, he wouldn't have listened to our advice. And in fact, he hadn't asked for our advice, which makes it even harder. So if you say something like, can I please give you some advice about your study? That is lower status, isn't it? You're yeah. moving yourself into more submissive and you're allowing him to take the upper hand. What I would have said to him, I think his name was David, was, David, I'm going to challenge you on this room. Right, so what have I just done? How have I spoken? Yeah, you've not asked him a question. You've told him a direct statement to say, this is what I'm going to now say, yeah. which changes the dynamic of the conversation. That's a very good word, dynamic, it does. And it means he listens to me because he thinks, who is this little upstart that's, that's only the same age as Kylie that is telling me what to In do? In my house. In my house. <laughs> How dare she? I did dare and I did do it. I think I did anyway. And we sold it, so that was good. Hi, I'm Lottie from Pell & James Unique Homes. I love most about being in the AJ Mastermind group, working along similar people, business owners. I work with my husband as well, David, and although we see other agents perhaps copying that business model and trying to do it, but what we do is authentic to us now. It's part of our muscle memory, and we're learning and developing, and I absolutely love it. If you are thinking about it and pondering about joining the group, perhaps reach out and speak to one of us. One of the other things that we do is we talk about things like properties in a different way, don't we? So we use a different word for, say, the word property, home, home. and we wouldn't say vendor. What would we say? Buyer, purchaser. That's the other way around. Oh, yeah, of course. She's only new. Bear with that. Seller. So, yeah, or homeowner. Homeowner, Which is much better. In fact, homeowner and client are my Mm. two favorite words there. For a buyer, it's just a buyer. So I know we say purchaser, we don't need to. And then things like valuation instruction, exchange of contracts, completion. These are all jargon that really mean anything. All you need to do is go and Google one of these words and you'll end up, like you said before, like a rabbit hole. So if you Google viewing, well, in America, a viewing is when you go and have a look at a dead body. Did you know that? In an open coffin. Okay. So we use words like 
when would you like to go and have a look around the home? Which is much nicer anyway, isn't it? So what we talked about yesterday was how to talk to somebody as if they were a friend. Mm -hmm. And you were talking to, you were, you've got a very logical, efficient way of talking. So you would say, I'm just going to put you on hold, bear with me, for example. I'm not saying you would say those words, but let's say you did. That feels like a corporate agency might use or like you might get if you phone the council. Mm -hmm. Now, if your friend was phoning, you wouldn't say, I'm going to put you on hold, bear with me. What would you say to your friend? Just wait a minute. I'm just going to grab my diary. Perfect. So because you're then treating them as a friend, how will they act towards you? Friendly and warmer. There you go. If you treat them as if they were a customer, a low level customer, which is the bear with me, how are they going to react to you? Maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit cold. Yeah. And just sort of, oh, okay. Not going to have that rapport, are you? No, no. So we're distinguishing ourselves by saying things like home, homeowner. We don't talk about valuations. We say Sam and Phil will pop around, have a cup of tea with you and tell you all they think. So all the words we use, we're differentiating ourselves with by, but we're also trying to create a much warmer relationship with that person. And something that I'm really hot on, and it's really difficult to do, is to try and say something or ask somebody something in a way that makes it sound like you've never used those words in that order before. Because you found most estate agents in the country, if somebody's worked there for more than a year, they will have the same patter with everybody. And it will just come out like it's meaningless words. So how can you possibly, and it's a rhetorical question really, ask those questions as if you've never asked those questions before? So for example, somebody phones up for a viewing. And I know you haven't had training. This is, this is we're putting the cart before the horse here, which is why I thought it was a good idea to talk to you. We would ask them what attracted them to that particular home, because we're going to have to feed back to the Kerrys of this world. Just been speaking to Kerry, he wants to know everything about their viewers. And same as the guy that you spoke to yesterday, was it? I can't remember who it was now. Peter. Peter, who wanted to know the gender of the children. Yes, that's it. It was Peter. Yeah, the viewers' children. Yeah. And I can understand. Oh, I know they want to know lots of things and they are very, very excited. How do you ask those questions like you've never asked them before? Do you find that difficult? I think so. Not knowing everything yet. I think I'm kind of asking questions like, so I am definitely got all the information I need so that I can input things correctly so that it goes well for whoever's taking the viewing. So yeah, I would say that I probably ask them a little bit more abruptly initially or with, with not with my own sort of flair or that human element, which is important. But from that training or in the team meeting yesterday, it was more about pacing yourself and sort of having a smile in your voice as you say it and being a little bit more, treading a little bit more carefully into the questions rather than sort of asking like a list of, like they're being interrogated. Email. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you need a mortgage? Yeah. <laughs> Which are all questions we need to ask, but we don't need to ask them right at the very beginning. Yeah. So somebody phones, let's say, for evaluation. They go, can you, you know, come and value my house? The next most obvious question is name and address mm -hmm. of the house. I would probably go in, takes a bit of confidence, a bit of experience, but something like, tell me about your house. And then they go, oh, it's Rose Cottage on uh, no, Rose Lane. A lovely address. Can picture it now. Is it actually a Rose Cottage? Does it have roses around the door? Does it belong in an Enid Blyton novel? And those are all things that when you've just started working in a new job, you don't have the confidence to ask because you've got to get the information. I can quite often come off the phone and not have them take their email address because I'm so rubbish at that. But I'm really good at getting them engaged in the conversation. And then they would forgive me for phoning back and go, I was so engrossed in talking to you. I didn't get your email. When you've listened to other conversations going around the office of people like Edward and me, what have you noticed that is different about our conversation style. Between you and Edward. Well, and or just on myself. Yes. 
mine at the moment is, I would say, more about sort of getting the information because I've not quite built that confidence to ask certain things about the home, things that you would have spoken about a lot of times throughout your time as an estate agent with Ashdown Jones. I'm coming into it not really knowing things to ask to make conversation with homeowners. So I think mine's a lot more to the point rather when, you know, because I heard you on your telephone call before and it was like laughing and joking about things. Oh, I'd like to be like that. And hopefully soon I'll pick it up. But I think it's that initial. When you spoke to Kerry 27 times, you will be laughing and joking (laughs) or you won't be answering the phone to her. (laughs) One of those two things. She can be a little bit neurotic, but we love her. And it's really nice to have that conversation in that style because it makes them appreciate you more, value you more, and it also makes them trust you more. You come in as a client executive and at the moment you're doing a team executive job, which is office receptionist. Yeah. When you're a client executive and you've met somebody throughout their journey, it's much easier than to have a conversation with them. And then when you're talking to somebody who's interested in viewing, you'll be like me. You'll be, oh, you've got to go and see this house. It is beautiful. It's on the right side of Ambleside. Park up, go and have a walk around the back. You'll be able to do that with some confidence because you'll know the house and you'll know the owner and you'll want to do the best for the owner. And then when you phone Kerry, you're going to go, guess what? I've got a viewing for you. They've got the same dog as you, you know, or whatever it is, which is not about to talk. It's things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's not about number of kids and whether they need a mortgage. It's much, there's much more enjoyable information to be had there. I also find for me, I think in terms of being friendly and creating report, it's actually easier when you are t- together in, mm. in person because then you can assess how they're feeling, their body language, and it completely changes the dynamic of the conversation because you're face-to-face, you've got the eye contact, you might be smiling at me, but on the phone, you've not got that. So you're kind of relying on one, the topic of conversation how much you've got in common at the time and mm. how you are received on the phone by them. Well, that's why it's so important to use those opportunities when they come up. So if somebody says, oh, I can't do the viewing on that day because I'm flying to Dubai the next day, you don't say, right, when are you back? You're going to go, Dubai? Wow, mm. have you been before? You know, it's an opportunity, isn't it? So it's about having the confidence. And I know you're only day four and I'm yeah. not picking on you. I'm saying this in general. <laughs> it's to, good to hear though. Yeah, I think... It's really important to have those conversations. And we've said to you that I'd rather you were on the phone and the phone, the other phones were ringing and you just carried on chatting on the phone. That's more important to me because the relationship that you're building there and then is like gold dust. And it's, it's a huge opportunity. And whoever is phoning in the background that we're not answering, we will find the time to build that relationship at another time. But the one that's in front of you is the most important one. Otherwise, that person feels devalued because you're going off to answer a a phone call that could be more important than them. So I think it's, I think the top line message here is that it's less about efficiency Mm. and more about starting that relationship right from the start. We've got owners, homeowners and buyers that have become friends. I've got, Hannah's got them, Edward's got them. And because we've got that level of relationship, if they see Edward having a few drinks down the pub, they'll stand there laughing a joke about him. They won't start talking about their house. Mm. It's a much nicer relationship sounds it. And I think you'll enjoy that, building those relationships going forward. It starts when they first phone. So instead of thinking of them as just somebody who's calling into the office and needing something that we can fulfill, start thinking of them as a future friend, a future client, a future referrer, somebody who we can build a really fruitful relationship with that is good for both of us, Okay. for you and them. And I'm not just telling you, I'm also telling the listeners (laughs) as well, because this is what, if you're listening to this and you've got new starters or you you feel like the people you've got working for you don't do this. These are the things to sit down and talk to them about and do some role play. 
we haven't done role play yet with Amelia, but I'm sure she can't wait to do role play. <laughs> it's Liam's favourite thing to do, isn't it, Liam? But we make it fun. And I use my GCSE drama. Definitely. Yeah, will, yeah. Yes. And actually, yeah, you can be a drama. You've got an A. There you <laughs> yeah. go. You can be a, a Kerry, <laughs> yeah, okay. an erotic Kerry. And I hope Kerry's not listening to this. It's not you, Kerry. I promise. Different Kerry. <laughs> Hopefully you found this interesting and you considering how this could apply to you and your team. What I would say as well is last takeaway is having standards at all sets you apart. Means it sends a statement, a very strong message to your team that standards are important, whether that's how you look, how you dress, how you speak. And it also means that the person at the end of the phone or the person on the end reviewing or the person who's phoning up and saying, I want £50,000 because the survey's come in and it's awful that person you've got a stronger relationship with to be able to overcome those obstacles in the future. So when things do go wrong, because they do, you forget a key, you get an argument with a vendor over a bench that they won't leave. You know, everything like that's happened to us and I'm sure it's happened to you, the listener as well. It just helps you overcome that and be able to phone and go, you never guess what I've just done. I've let your cat out. I've broken a jug. I've, what did Mac do the other day? Spilt a glass of orange juice all over the carpet. So by having that strong relationship right from the start, which starts off when somebody like Amelia or whoever you've got answering your phone answers the phone, start with those opportunities, start building that relationship early with the right language, the right tone, and to make that person feel that they're not interrupting you, their call is welcomed and you're enjoying the conversation with them. Anything else you want to add to that, Amelia? No, I think that's covered. Yeah. 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 Are you enjoying your journey? I am very much so. Yeah. It's been a very busy six days and I've taken a lot of information on but it's really good and I'm really enjoying it and everyone's so lovely and you've been so welcoming Sam so oh, I'm really good. happy but then Phil's going to come back it's all going to go to pot <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Ignite Podcast bye for now if you are feeling frustrated with the lack of growth in your agency and you're impatient to reach those ever-moving goalposts, then here's your invitation to spend a day with us at Ashdown Jones HQ for a no-holds-barred peek behind the scenes of our agency. All you need to do is go to ajmastermind.co.uk forward slash BTS day. And best of all, it's free.